with a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the marquee games for Week 18 in the NFL. That means all the games with playoff implications, regardless of primetime status. I might even toss in a money line Matty pick for you as well. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's my main man, Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. How you doing, pal? Happy New Year, Matty. Happy New Year, Andy. Yeah, it's a brand new year. Uh, quite quite the week in football. But week 18, this is uh, uncharted territory. Where are we? I'm not sure. <laughs> is this even a road? Oh, we lost the road half hour ago. This would be the wild card playoffs if it were last year. Yeah, well, it's almost, it, it, it has to feel like you're drinking at a new bar because we've <laughs> never had this before. Afternoon, everybody. No! That's true. That's true. Hey, uh, my money line, Maddie picks good last week uh, for the uh, Bengals. I love it when a plan comes together. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure you were an island under yourself with that one, but uh, there was a lot, of, a lot of naysayers. A lot of naysayers. Um, no, you came through with that one, and I did come through with my big Ben pick, right to win yep. it at Field. You sure did. And one thing we did not predict, and that was a Florida man who was seen streaking at MetLife Stadium during the Buccaneers-Jets game. Now, apparently there's no new information available on that one, so I'm not exactly sure what happened. Hi-oh! Yeah, we are in uncharted territory with Week 18. And, uh, well, in kind of the style of our top five, we were thinking it'd be kind of cool to look back at uh, what was a pretty crazy regular season in the NFL and do our top five ESPY awards that will be handed out at the end of the season. Oh, well, stop. stop. Hang on, Maddie. We got to stop right there. They're not the ESPY awards. They're the, uh, the Wise Guy Awards. The Wise Guy Awards. There we go. No longer the SB Style Awards. Here are the top five Wise Guy Awards that'll be handed out at the end of the season. Number five. The Elizabeth Berkeley Award for the most career destructing lap dance. Urban Meyer. Apologize to the team and staff and uh, for being a distraction. is stupid. Uh, and so I explained everything that happened and owned it and, you know, just a stupid... Uh, should not have myself in that kind of position. Anyone like a dance? All right, guys, put your hands together. Be sure to tip the dancers. Let them let this hip hop Number four. The Jerry Glanville Award for saying the most ridiculous shit at a press conference. Dan Campbell. We're going to kick you in the teeth, all right? And when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. All right, and we're going to stand up, and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down. You have smoked yourself retarded. Number three. The Ted Lasso Award for the most progressive coaching technique. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. I played a couple of them at rock, paper, scissors, right? That was as easy as that. Rock, paper, scissors. Let's see how competitive you are. I'm competitive. I'm going to be talking trash to him. Did you talk trash back to me? What would you say motivates him? Blow jobs. Hmm. Is there a second option? Number two. The Marshawn Lynch Award 
for most outstanding comedy performance in a press conference. You take you a deuce. You don't you don't sit there and look at it. You flush it and move on. We're gonna flush it and move on. And now the number one. The Jerry Maguire Award for most outstanding performance in a job quitting scene. Antonio Brown. Guys, very odd situation. Antonio Brown boiled over, very upset on the sideline, took off his shoulder pads. Mike Evans, O.J. Howard trying to convince him to keep them on. Obviously, they were unable to do so. He tossed his shoulder pads, tripped off his shirt and glove, threw those into the crowd, then ran across the field while the teams were still on the field, giving the crowd a peace out sign. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. Well, there are still games on the docket that have playoff implications this week, Andy. So what do you say we fire this bitch up? I think we should fire this bitch up. Up first, Saturday afternoon, we head to Denver, where the Broncos play host to the Kansas City Chiefs. This divisional rivalry is uh, playing out at plus 11 and a half, with the Broncos being on the underdog side. 44 is your over-under. Casey, winners of 12 straight versus the Broncos. And, uh, well, they're 0-8 since 2020 versus a team entering the game with seven or more wins. Now, Kansas City, they've improved big time this year. Uh, plus 25 in turno- turnover differential from the first half of the season to the second half. That's the largest since the 1989 Lions. They were minus 11 in the first eight games, plus 14 in the last eight. Uh, weather shouldn't be a factor in the Mile High Stadium. What do you think about this, Andy? I, this is a really big spread, but man, Denver is like an AV unit club guy on prom night. He's not scoring much. Not scoring a lot, uh, but let's go back to your pick last week. Uh, Moneyline Matty pick, picking the Bengals over the Chiefs. Great. It was a great score, or sorry, great pick, and look at the score. I mean, the Bengals... It, they looked like they had just one more shreddy for breakfast than the Chiefs did. You know, they pulled out all the stops, and it worked. And Denver does not have the same firepower. But Vic Fangio is on the hot seat, and he's going to be playing to win. And more importantly, I think his team wants to play for him. If you remember when they gave up Von Miller, who was traded, I think it was in October, um... They won the next game, and I don't think they're going to give up here on him. It's When you come into a, a, the last week of the season, everyone wants to measure motivation. But I'll tell you what, man. Um, there's a lot of players that are still in the game for performance incentives, stats, uh, new contracts for second-string guys, and, and simply professional pride. And Teddy Two Gloves... Still a question mark for this game. Uh, Drew Locke is not. There's no question that he sucks. There's no denying. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. He's a very he's a very bad quarterback. He's bad. I expect them, though, to lean heavily on Melvin Gordon and Devontae Williams. In fact, Devontae Williams has more rushing yards than Melvin Gordon this year, but... 
they're also going to lean on their short passing game with Noah Fant, who last week went for 92 yards on six catches against the Chargers. And uh, the Chiefs, I mean, surely they can use a win here. But there's no bonus for getting a double-digit win, especially on the road, in the division, and at that high altitude. What do you think? It's divisional. Those games are so unpredictable, and that's why spreads are usually tighter. And people that listen to this show, we hear us talk about this ad nauseum. But what's weird is this season seems to be the season of big spreads being covered by the favorite. Kansas City didn't do a lot of that at the beginning of the season. Uh, but, man, they've really come on. And the Bengals put up a massive fight, and Kansas City almost beat them. And it seemed like the Bengals were able to score at will. KC was still able to march that ball down. I I know the, the Broncos have a little bit better of a defense than the Bengals, but how much better? I mean, they're pretty beat up. I think they're out two corners, aren't they? They could be, but it's your guy from Chicago, Don Victor Fangio. He should still be coaching the Bears defense. I'm I'm still butthurt about that. Absolutely. He's such a great coach defensively anyway. Uh, you know, the Mile High City, let's say this. Strange things happen. 11 and a half points is very high, especially considering that uh, you mentioned professional pride. There's also wanting to crush a divisional rival. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I I don't know if I'm with you, but I think it sounds like you're going to take Denver here. I, I'm going to take Denver. I'm taking Denver. I'm taking Denver. Go America. Go America. Go Broncos. Yeah, go Broncos. Yeah. It's game time. Uh-huh. The kid Gowie. Yeah. Ravens Nation. Asia. All we know is purple and black. And if you're not a Ravens fan, welcome. Welcome to Baltimore, Maryland, yeah. MT Bank Stadium. Uh-huh. Where opponents don't make it out alive unless we bury Up next, we head to Charm City, where the Baltimore Ravens are six point favorite against their division rival, Pittsburgh Steelers. 42 is the over under on this game. Now, the playoff implications are as such Baltimore clinches a playoff berth with a Baltimore win and an LA Chargers loss with an Indianapolis loss and a Miami loss or tie. Pittsburgh clinches a playoff berth with a Pittsburgh win, an Indy loss, and a Las Vegas LA Chargers game does not end in a tie. So you're telling me there's a chance. The Steelers, (laughs) well, there is a chance. You know what? The Steelers have won three straight against the Ravens. Wow. Um, And the Ravens have lost five straight, and that's their longest streak within a season since week 7 to 16 in 2007. Uh, that's the last year of Brian Billick's era and because uh, he, he was fired uh, after that season. Well, you know, Big Ben had quite the finale in Pittsburgh last week, and he's not going to get the same reception in Baltimore. <laughs> I'm a little surprised that this number is above a field goal. But, you know, consider both teams are uh, playing for a playoff spot here. Baltimore has done it through injuries and a lot of people on the COVID list. The Steelers have done it with smoke and mirrors. And if you don't believe me, let's look at the stats. So last week they won 26-14. to And that's with a Najee Harris uh, touchdown run right at the end of the game, a garbage one. Roethlisberger threw 
123 yards on, wait for it, 46 attempts. That's horror awful. That's horrible and awful mixed together. Horror awful. Yeah. With touchdown one INT. That works out to 2.67 yards per attempt. That's the lowest since the merger. Since, uh, sorry, the second lowest since Jesse Palmer did it for the Giants in 2003 at 2.55 yards per pass. And all the other top tens were losing efforts. Well, Harris, you could have given it to Harris every play, and he probably could average you three. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, this has been indicative of Ben's numbers all season long. Uh, the week before against KC, it was 159 yards on 35 attempts. Week before that, 148 yards on uh, 25 attempts against the Titans. In fact, in the last 16 games that he's played this season, he's thrown less than 250 yards and half of them. And their offensive line has allowed multiple sacks at all but three games this year with him. Yeah, their offensive line is playing terrible. Absolutely. But Ben's doing them no favors either. He's making some very, very poor decisions with the ball. I think fundamentally, when you're talking about playoff implications, you got to go with the team that is seems to be actually better not the smoke and mirrors like you say you know like fundamentally better i think baltimore is on on both sides of the ball uh six points baltimore's at home mm, i'm actually going to take the ravens and i also think you should take the under well um let me double down on that for you maddie the steelers that this just came out about two hours ago they're going to be about their top receiver deontay johnson who's on the reserve COVID list. Um, and also their center, Kendrick Green. And we talked about this a lot on the show. The center's the guy that touches the ball every single play. So when you talk about continuity and everything like that, uh, it makes a big difference. And uh, if that weren't bad enough, cornerback Joe Hayden, all pro Joe Hayden, was also placed on the COVID reserve list on Wednesday. And also the defensive coordinator, Keith Butler, is entering protocol. So they're without a lot of guys. And I don't think this this line has moved enough um, to reflect that. So, I'm yeah, I'm totally all over that, man. Uh, under a touchdown, I'm taking the Ravens with you. With the Raven, nevermore. What up, Bird Gang? Yeah. We back. No fly. Zone. No fly zone. They know better. They know better. Right to the desert we go, where the Arizona Cardinals play host to the Seattle Seahawks. Arizona six and a half point favorites. Uh, 48s year over under. Now Arizona clinches the NFC West division title with an Arizona win and an LA Rams loss. Now Seattle, uh, they look like they couldn't give a shit anymore. They've already started playing golf. Uh, this is the second season the Seahawks have missed the playoffs since Russell Wilson was drafted in 2012. Don't go no shit ahead of yourself, Maddie. What's that? The Shithawks look great against the Tim Boyle-led Detroit Lions last week, beating up on them 51-29. to uh, Russell, little Russell, had four touchdown passes, and Richard Penny rushed for a buck 70 with two majors himself. Dude, they played the Detroit Lions. That oh, team's he- packed it in, too. 
What are you, like what you're comparing to like that's like saying all oh, we're ready to play like the big team now because we beat the junior varsity team up. Get the I, hell out of here. All I'm saying is that they haven't given up. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, after a three game, they losing, still gave up almost 30 points. 29 to be sure. Yeah, yeah. almost 30, 29. <laughs> well. I, okay, I, the point is, I don't see, I don't really see Seattle mailing it in here. Uh, this could be Russell Wilson's last game in a Seahawks jersey. Cliff Kingsbury would rather go into the postseason with the Arizona Cardinals with a healthy team as opposed to a winning team. So, not really caring about a division win. The total set at forty-eight, but I see this one being a real shootout. If you want to bet on this thing. Um, take the over. This is the, like, and, and also if I'll it, sign off on the over, I'm totally, especially under 50. That's almost a gimme. Yeah. Well, it will be. And, you know, gun to my head. I, I think Seattle keeps this one close. Pete Carroll, you know, he's looking for his longevity, uh, winning record. Um, uh, yeah, I, I like Seattle with the points here. Hope they don't shit on you, Bubbles. Shit on who? Shit hawks. Big, dirty shit hogs. They're coming, Bubbles. They're flying in low. They're swooping down, shitting on people, and dragging them off to the big shit nest. On to Los Angeles, where the Rams play host to division rival San Francisco 49ers. The Rams, four-point favorites, 44 is the total for the game. Now, the playoff implications are as such. Rams will clinch their division, the NFC West, with a Rams win or tie or an Arizona loss or tie. San Francisco, they're fighting for their playoff lives. They clinch a playoff berth with a San Francisco win or tie or New Orleans loss or tie. Now, here's the thing. The Niners are winners of five straight over the Rams. Now, this tells me Coach Shanahan may have Sean McVay figured out. Um, the Niners, they've won six of their last eight games after starting the season three and five. And, uh, well, the Rams have won five straight since the start of December after going 0-3 in November. But um, I'm I'm kind of liking your Niners here to be spoilers. Uh, in fact, dude, they're my money line Maddie pick this week. Oh! 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 Yeah. Well, and also, here's one more money line extra for our listeners. The Rams have had a lead at halftime only twice in their last eight games. So I suggest also betting the Niners on the money line for the first half. Bonus you can thank pick. me later. I like it. Bonus pick. I love it. So I need to hear, this is your account. You are the biggest Niners honk I know. So let's have it. Let's hear your thoughts. All right, I'm going to lay it all out for you. I'm going to lay it all out like I should. So last game, uh, you know, Matt Stafford kind of thought he was still wearing a Detroit Lions jersey, and he threw another pick six. 
His fourth of the year, to be sure. I don't think that they're called pick sixes anymore. What are they called? I think they're called Nathan Petermans. Oh, I thought they were called the Jake Cutlers. Dude, dude, that's Jake Cutler over there, quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Oh, my God. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. I mean, you kind of suck, but my dad says you might be good someday. Sorry. Did that cut too deep? No, it didn't. Smoking Jay doesn't give a fuck. uh, That leads into a trivia question, Matthew. Sure. Uh, Stafford has thrown four such pick sixes this season. Aaron Rodgers for his career, how many think he's thrown? Well, we're waiting. Two. Three. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just to put that in perspective, okay? And that's a, uh, what, 18-year career? And then, yeah, Stafford, yeah, NFC North, uh, yeah. You, you can take the boy out of the NFC North, but you can't take the NFC North out of the boy. <laughs> Uh, the four uh, now here's here's where I'm concerned about. So the 49ers placed three defensive back Deontay Johnson, Quan Williams, and uh, safety Jimmy Ward, uh, Pro Bowl safety Jimmy Ward, by the way, on the COVID reserve list on Monday, January third. So San Fran, who was already thin at that secondary position, might be even thinner. However, most of them are expected to play. Um. But it's gotten to the point for them this week that they signed uh, Darkwis Denard, a Giants first-round draft pick from where? Ohio State. Uh, it was let go by the G-Men this week. They've given up in the seasons, and they're letting their guys go. So I'm going to give you a, um, a New Year's recipe. And here's the recipe for the 49ers to win this week. Okay, Jimmy G starts. Now, Kyle Shanahan will not announce that until game time. Um, He's going to make the Rams prepare for two quarterbacks, and he's going to have to prepare for two quarterbacks. And it's no slight against Trey Lance, but if they're going to win, trust me, Jimmy G needs to start under center. Secondly, have success running the ball. All right, if you listen to us any time this year, you know that that's where – if they can get over – I think my key mark is 160 yards rushing. Through all their running backs and Elijah Mitchell, who's led just lighting it up as a rookie, had 119 yards last week. They got a good chance of winning. Now, here's where it comes down to it: no stupid coaching mistakes, Kyle and Shanahan. I don't know. This year seems a bit weird. He can't get out of his own way on fourth down decisions, clock management, run to pass ratio. Uh, but the biggest thing: Cooper Cup. Right, the guy's been lighting the world on fire. So no big plays. And they also, keep in mind, they have Odell Beckham Jr., okay? So no big plays to those guys in the secondary, even though we're decimated. Let's do some really good zone. Um, Cooper Cup Cooper Cup is like uh, Cole Beasley. They're like the great white hope of prop bets. <laughs> well, that's true. And, you know, if you want to do a prop bet, that's not the worst way to go. Um, guess who's the leading rusher for uh, the NFL in the month of December? It's Sony Michelle for the Rams. And, you know, Cooper's smashing records. Von Miller's actually kind of found his groove in their defense. And the Rams are a pretty dangerous team right now. And as much as I'm a, uh, a 49ers honk, all I'm going to say is watch the COVID list. Watch the injury list. Jimmy starts 
we all good. Um, now, for anything over a, t- uh, a field goal, rather, in a divisional game like this, doesn't make sense to me. Let's, and, and, and trust me, the 49ers, you know, they lose, they go home. Probably. Rams are fine. So the 49ers are playing a win here, and I think they're going to pull out all the stops. Um, I, I would, if Trey Lance was under center, oh my gosh, I don't like that number. I'm sure it would change, but right now I'm thinking, I'm thinking that Jimmy G's starting. And if that's the case, I'm, I'm actually going to go with the 49ers just to cover the spread here for now. I would not bet on that. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to win a buttload of money. Finally, we head to Las Vegas for the Sunday Nighter where the Raiders are two and a half point underdogs against the visiting LA Chargers. 49 is the total on this game and the Chargers clinch a playoff berth with an LA Chargers winner tie. Now Las Vegas clinches a playoff berth with a Las Vegas win or Las Vegas tie an Indy loss or an Indy loss and Pittsburgh loss or tie. Winner goes to the playoffs. The loser goes home. It's very straightforward. Yeah, that's this is what you want on a Sunday nighter as well. They're playing on a Sunday night. Thing, that's right. Play. Yeah. Well, and forty nine though. Before we talk about the game, this is another over, right? Like this, this should be in the fifties. I was gonna get there later, but if you want to, like, uh, just charge your load early. I'm afraid I prematurely shot my wad on what was supposed to be a dry run, if you will. So now I'm afraid I have something of a mess on my hands. No, no, that's fine. No, I was going to say it's an over game. It's an overplay, to be sure. Um, but, you know, the Raiders, you know, they've been playing well, even without Darren Waller, who hasn't played since um, he, he got injured in Thanksgiving Day game. Um, he's on the COVID list, but he's going to likely be in the lineup. But, oh, my God. Both these quarterbacks have been playing lights out. Justin Herbert and Derek Carr are the number two and or sorry, number three and four in the league in total passing yards, both with over forty six hundred. The Raiders are six and zero straight up, five and one ATS when he throws for over three hundred yards. Is that good? I'll tell you a funny thing. There's a scenario um, in which prior to this game taking place what happened on the field otherwise if these two teams agree to a a tie they both make the playoffs could you imagine that so they all the all it would take was the coaches to go to center field and go okay yeah we're not doing anything we're going to settle on a zero zero score and we both make the playoffs that would be the most i mean ted lasso would cry that's so un-american if you tried to end a a game and a tie in the United States. Heck, that might be listed in Revelations as the cause for the apocalypse. Yeah, John Madden would come down from heaven and strike them with uh, a bolt of lightning. Now, I'll tell you, that doesn't make a lick of sense. Uh, it's not going to happen, but I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you what. Watch the dynamics between Joey Bosa and said Derek Carr. Star pass rusher Joey Bosa said the key to slowing a potent Raiders offense was flattening Carr. So making him impotent. Hi-oh! We knew once we hit him a few times, he really got shook, Bosa said. 
And if you saw on Christian Kovacin's sack, he was pretty much curling up into a ball before he even got back there. Great dude, great player. But once, you know, you got pressure on him, he kind of shuts down. FYI, that game, the Chargers sat car four times and landed uh, seven QB hits. And also, you know, same game, Derek Carr, he, like, he got to him, and Carr even admitted after the postgame, quote-unquote, I just thought it was unfortunate that he didn't even think to say it, Carr said. Maybe he was just trying to get under my skin, which he did piss me off. So good for that. But that's not a bad thing either. All right, dude, what are you, a football player or a fucking poet? Guys, malaise forever. Ah, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know. What do you think, Maddie? I think that I like the Raiders on the money line because I think the Chargers are a choke job this year. They've been so erratic. The Raiders have been erratic, but for a reason. You know, as soon as, like, when you're in training camp and you get a lot of knee head, knee head. Knee head, knee head. And then all of a sudden, knee head is taken from you. It's going to take a little bit to right the ship. But I think they have righted the ship. They've got through some of the COVID stuff. The Chargers have a very weak defense. I think the Raiders are at home, and I picked them as my second money line Maddie pick this week. Oh. All right, Maddie. I'm going to co-sign that with you, but apparently the bank needs a little bit more collateral, and I'm going to give you that collateral right here. Let's remember that the Raiders are going in the last week of this regular season with the playoffs right in their sights, and they've overcome so much drama, a drama that a Broadway version of The Odd Couple starring Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown would seem like nothing. Over the 11th, 2021, the New York Times drops a bombshell story revealing comments Gruden made in his email exchanges with Bruce Allen. He used sexist, homophobic, and misogynistic language in the emails and referred to Goodell as a faggot and a clueless anti-football pussy. November 2nd, the same year, Raiders wide receiver and 2020 first round draft pick Henry Ruggs III is involved in a fatal car crash in Las Vegas. Ruggs was charged with driving under the influence, resulting in death and reckless driving. November 5th, 2021, video of Raiders cornerback David Arnett brandishing a gun and making death threats finally surfaces. That was first round traffic out of the Ohio State. And he was soon released after that video surface. Now, if that was not enough, what happened this week, January the 3rd, 2022? After the Las Vegas Raiders went over the Indianapolis Colts, the team was hit with another controversy with rookie cornerback Nate Hobbs was charged with a DUI when he was found asleep in his car in a parking garage, according to Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. God damn it. Give it to Rich Passaccia. What a great job he's done keeping this group together, man. You know, on the same page. Okay, my point is this is too much of a Cinderella story to end on Sunday. I I got to take the Raiders here at home with three points. Oh, my God. You got to be kidding me. Knee head forever. Knee head. 
All right, instead of a teaser this week, we thought we'd try something new. Andy the Prognosticator Attridge has his try bets, and he wields them with some serious force, and he's about to unleash them on you. Andy, what do you got for this weekend? Make our listeners some money. Well, instead of a teaser, which, uh, you know, we've done all season long, and they've been great, by the way. We've, we've done awesomely. Uh, don't get me wrong. But I thought we'd do something a little more exotic this week, which is called a tri-bet. And so for the way a tri-bet works is that um, you've got a six-point spread, and then you've got uh, the underdog at really big odds and the favorite at really small odds. But in the middle is something that might likely happen. It might not. And it's within a six-point spread. And I picked two games that I think will fall into that six-point spread. And the first one is Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And, you know, it's a low total of 41.5. So I'm predicting that that game will fall within six points or less in the winning margin for either team. And I'm getting that at plus 210. And at another plus 210 is the Raiders-Charger game, the one we were just talking about. Let's keep in mind. Raiders kicker, Daniel Carson, four game winning kicks in one season. I think this is going to come down to a field goal. So to get that within six points, again, plus 210, great bet. Um, teasers are great. Try bets are even more fun. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to week 18 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe buttons on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. You won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all Week 18 games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it. Share it with two enemies. Tune in next week. Same bad time on the same bad channel. Sayonara. Is off. The Rams get down so nobody score. And don't you worry, cause the Rams are rapping when game time comes with it by design. We can't sing and our dance is not pretty, but we'll do our best for the team and the city. So get on your feet and clap your hands. Let's ram it right now with the LA Rams. Hollywood Hanson, Dodge City Tough. If you throw it my way, it's gonna get rough. I like to ram it, as you can see. Nobody likes ramming any more than me. They call me Jeter, nobody dresses sweeter. But under this cool is a quarterback mistreater. I come from the end, looking for the sack. I don't stop coming till I put him on the back. This limousine with it, my moves are like dreams. They call me the demon on special teams. I know how to rock from the
the toes to the head When I pull the trigger, I'll knock you dead I'm a mountain man from West VA They call me Herc and I came to play I learned long ago to ram it just right You can ram it all day and ram it all night Ram it, do you know Stock. I catch what they throw me and I like the block I'm quick off the line as I can be Cause I don't want dick running over me This is baby face and I don't yield I'm a tackling fool on the football field From the Jersey Shore to Baboa Bay If you run at me, you'll have a bad day This is RB, no speedball brown Fastest man in the whole damn town Cars and ladies are a part of my creed But more than that, I feel the need for speed This is Catcher, out to make a run With shades on, I can catch a DB in the dark So now you're ready and I'm sure you'll agree The ramming is fun when you're ramming with me Got style and class, if you come my way, I'll knock you on your ass. the name's intimidated. I pass it my way, I'll see you later. Quick on my feet, the ladies agree. Before they know it, they'll ram it with me. The Iceman cometh, the Royal's the name. I cover the corner, interception's my game. Score more than anybody else on the D, cause I move like a cat, as you will see. The guys call me dick instead of dick the son. I lead the range, I'm the Rams top gun. They say I'm as smooth as a runner can be. Even sweetness and the others are talking about me. I like to dance and have a lot of fun. When it comes to ladies, what a brainy one. But enough about me, we'll hit a ram it, you see. If you ram it just right, you can ram it all night. Ram it. 